Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline, World Series champions. Lots to say about the Braves today. Buster will join us live. Plus family drama of the worst kind. And a statement made that, candidly, I have no problem with. All that and a whole lot more. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. A swing and a bouncer to short. Swanson has it. The throw across to Freeman, and that'll do it. The Atlanta Braves defeat the Houston Astros 7-0, and they win the World Series in six games. Uh, congratulations to the Braves. That was the call last night right here. Dan Schulman on ESPN Radio. Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. This is an amazing story. An Atlanta Braves team that was under 500 deep into this season got aggressive at the trade deadline. Rather than packing it in, they brought in help, and that help wound up playing huge into their success. They bring in Rosario. He's the NLCS MVP. They bring in Solaire. He's the World Series MVP. And as Hembo was with me here, and again, we will have Buster a little later and get everybody's perspective on this somewhat improbable win. It feels improbable, not just based upon their season, but even when this postseason began. I don't remember anybody picking the Braves when the playoffs started here. Um, it is fascinating to me that, I, if I'm not mistaken, is this the second time in the last three years that we've had a World Series champion that was below 500 deep into the season? Weren't the Nationals well below 500 deep into one season, and now it happens again? The Nationals started the 2019 season 1931. It was the worst 50-game start for any World Series champion ever. You know what both of those teams have in common? that Those years, Nationals and this year's Braves. They beat Houston, and they clinched the series in Houston. So mm. I suppose that's somewhat fitting. And look, I mean, as a side note, that's sort of how this uh, era of Astros baseball is going to be remembered as something of a disappointment. But that's not to take anything away from what the Braves accomplished. Greeny, they won 88 games during the regular season, the fewest of any team that made the tournament. And like you said, no team picked them to win the World Series when this thing began. They were an underdog in all three series in which they played. And all the teams that they beat won at least 95 games during the regular season. So this is not a circumstance in which they sort of lucked into good fortune. They beat three behemoths on the way to be a champion. Right. They beat the Brewers, who was a team that everybody loved. Mm -hmm. You loved them. I I know going into the postseason, and so did a lot of people. They seemed to have the pieces in place, and the Braves beat them. And then they played the Dodgers, who were one of the, historically, one of the best teams ever. They Mm -hmm. were only a wild card because the Giants (laughs) edged them by one game. Um, And then they re-edged the Giants by one game the previous uh, round and so they beat up on the Dodgers and now they beat the Astros who were playing for some level of history mm-hmm. they're playing for some level of redemption and they don't get it done so what are the lessons that come out again this is the show where we do not sit here and talk about what's good for baseball bad for baseball all the easy stuff that a lot of people who don't really care about baseball talk about and while we have been concerned about the times of games and all that kind of stuff, and we will address that when it is time to do that here because it feels like that is an important thing for those of us who love it. But for today, we celebrate the Braves and their win. What does it mean in the sport? What did we see on the field that is a, a lesson or a message that carries on? Well, the first thing, Greeny, is that small ball is officially dead. We like to romanticize small ball. And on the broadcast, they'll do it often. They'll notice when someone moves a runner over, when someone bumps somebody over, or you know, when, when the shift doesn't work. But the reason the Braves won the series, Greeny, is in large part because they out-homered the Astros 11-2. to 11-2, to two, they out-homer the Astros. That plus-nine margin is tied for the largest margin in any postseason series 
ever. In 1956, the Yankees out-homered the Dodgers by nine. It's that series, and it's this one. So we like to talk about small ball, but in reality, the Braves won this series in large part because they embraced modern baseball with some of the players that you described. Another thing about modern baseball, um, as I did the highlights this morning of this game on uh, Get Up this morning, was that the pitcher last night, Max Fried, threw six innings, and it was on the shot sheet that I read. <laughs> I was thinking it as I was getting to it, and then there it was. That was the longest start that any pitcher made in a six-game World Series. So that's 12 starting pitchers, mm-hmm. uh, or 12 opportunities for us, obviously not 12 different people, but right. 12 different Twelve different opportunities for a starter, and we are celebrating a guy going six innings (laughs) last night. So that is certainly another way in which the sport has changed. He pitched great, but he only threw seventy-four pitches. And for the series, Greeny, Braves starters got sixty-two outs. The Braves bullpen got ninety-seven outs in a six-game series. It is the fewest amount of outs that a starting collection of pitchers has ever gotten in a World Series win, and obviously the most outs that a bullpen has ever gotten in a World Series win. And what makes that so incredibly impressive to me is how they were able to do it game after game after game. Green of the Dodgers led the National League in runs during the regular season. The Astros led the American League in, uh, in runs during the regular season, and in 12 games... The Braves allowed only 47 runs in those 12 games, less than four per game against the two most potent offenses in all of baseball. Yeah, they just got hot. Their bullpen got good. And the message here is in baseball, there is an 11th commandment. Thou shalt not see someone three times. Right? <laughs> That's it's right. just that simple, right? I mean, they've got all the other commandments. And then the 11th one in baseball is thou shalt not give a, the, a batter a third shot at a starting pitcher. That's just not. And that's why you're taking guys out with no hitters after five. And mm-hmm. you're taking guys out who've thrown 70 something pitches after six and have not given up a run because the analytics tell us the stats, the numbers tell us that, you, the, that the third time through the order is going to be different. It tells us that the way that the Braves did it here and the way that the Astros did it to get here works. The, 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 the argument has never been or should not be that teams should not be doing this. The argument should be baseball needs to find a way to incentivize lengthening your starting pitcher, but it's evident that right now the way that the Braves did it is the way to go. So this is really interesting to me. Uh, by the way, this is our program. You get a chance to be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. College football is heating up. Fans are hyped. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. I'm thinking back a year ago, Nuno, we had just, we had pretty much just started doing this radio show. When was the World Series? <laughs> when did they actually play the World Series? Around the same time About, as this? Yes, around the same okay, time. Okay, so, so we had been on the radio for like two months at that point since I came back. And I remember we did a full day when the Rays in a World Series game Refresh my memory on exactly how that played out because a year feels like 20 years ago. But they had their starter, and they pulled him after 70-something pitches when he was dominating, and Mm -hmm. it went the other way on them, Mm -hmm. and it didn't work, and they got clobbered and annihilated, and this is what's wrong with baseball, and this is a terrible decision, and the manager should be you know exiled and all the rest (laughs) of that. And the reality is this series proved that that was the right decision then. You make decisions based upon the information in front of you. They don't work out 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. But when they don't work out, it doesn't mean it was the wrong decision. Is what we saw last night, what we saw in this series, pulling a starter. How many pitches did the guy thrown when he had five, inning, five no-hit innings and they took him out? It was like 80-something He had thrown 82 pitches. pitches. 82 Anderson pitches last 82. night was 74 mm-hmm. pitches. So 
I mean, there was a time in baseball where we wouldn't even start counting pitches till we got to 100. <laughs> yeah. and, and obviously, but the reality is, if your objective is to win, not to create the, the artistic masterpiece, not to build the drama, mm-hmm. but to win, this is the right decision, and it means they made the right decision a year ago, too. That's exactly right. Last year, you were, you were one of the few po- people that said Kevin Cash, the Rays manager, did the right thing because he, he made his decision based upon the data and not the emotion of the moment. It didn't work then, but it worked now. Greeny, in the entire World Series, six games, both teams, the starter faced the, oppo- uh, the opponent the third time through the order a total of 11 times. 11 times. 11 at-bats. 11 at-bats. Right. The, f- the, the previous record for the fewest was 25. That was last year. Again, yeah. this year, 11. This is something that has been completely deleted from the sport. Yeah, yeah that, that's the direction that it's all going. Mm-hmm. And I, I will always use gambling. Um, the, the, the analogy to this I always use is blackjack. Mm. If you have 16 and the dealer has a 6 and you take a card and you win your hand, that doesn't mean you did the right thing. Right. You did the wrong thing. Every once in a while, you might still win the hand, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean you did the right thing. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. Ed, you know that according to Forbes, companies are working to fill millions of jobs in an epic hiring spree. Where do they turn? They turn to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified candidates and makes it easy to invite your top choices to apply. Try it free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. So the other side of this, of course, is that the Astros don't win. And they're going to lose some of these pieces, right? These, these great players that have been part of this great run. So what does this mean? If this is the end of this little era of Astros baseball, mm-hmm. which is marked by one championship that has a, an everlasting asterisk beside it, what does it mean? It means that history will remember this era of Astros baseball as something of a fluke. There, there's no, there is no way around it. They, they have been the best team in baseball, or at least in the American League over the last five years, but they won only one championship, and now we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the, one of the reasons, if not the primary reason that they did win and win so easily, is because they were cheating. In 2019, they made it back and lost. They lost at home, ironically. In 2021, they made it back and lost, and lost at home, ironically. But we count things historically by how many championships did you win. We don't often, we don't care about how many times you got close. If that were the case, there would be a lot more teams that we would consider a dynasty. So they're going to lose probably their best player in Carlos Correa. He's going to walk as a free agent almost certainly. He laughed them out of the room and the Astros offered him $120 million before the season began. He's gone. He's their best guy. I have a hard time seeing them being able to continue to turn this over right now given the state of the roster. I think that I think that the Astros' best days are likely behind. Them. Is Correa like a... 250 million guy? Yes. Manny Machado got 10 for 300 a couple years ago. That's the guess for Carlos Correa right now. And where would you... We'll have Buster on this a little later, mm-hmm. too. He's the insider. You're the analytics mm-hmm. guy. But what, what, what are the expectations on Correa? Well, Carlos Correa, there's only... There's no more than half a dozen teams that can sign him. Mm. Everyone knows the Yankees desperately need a shortstop. He makes a lot of sense. The only area in which he would not is that they're sort of hungry for a left-handed hitter. Corey Seager of the Dodgers is also available. He might make more sense in that regard. But Carlos Correa would look awfully good in pinstripes. The other piece of speculation Let me just there, stop you there a Please, minute. please, please. The, the pinstripes element would have a sleeping with the enemy kind of an aspect to it, Did the right? Yankees once sign Johnny Damon? Uh, he's, yes, they did. And they signed Roger Clemens and a, and a bunch of other mm-hmm. uh, Red Sox. I, I I get all of that, mm-hmm. but there's something, is there something a little different? I get that he's not Altuve, right. but that, that's public enemy number one. Right. This is public enemy number two. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask Nuno real quick. Yeah. You want Correa, yes or no? 
Come to Papa. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love a sports fan who is willing to completely sacrifice his or her morals uh, in the objective of trying to win. I like it. All right. We'll have much more on this as we go. Again, Buster will join us as well. We get some football in here as well. Obviously, the worst possible people are involving themselves in all the wrong things. But I hit this because... Remember, was a trivia question for me that I really like. Go. Greeny, the city of Atlanta went 88 seasons, 88 completed seasons in the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and the NHL, our major sports, of course, without winning a championship. Their last champion had been the Braves in the year 1995. That was the fourth longest active title drought for a metro area in those four sports. So my question for you, Greeny, is which three cities own a longer active championship drought than Atlanta did. Oh, I love the question, and we'll come back with the answer and a whole lot more next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Come to Papa. Greeny, the podcast. Brainstorm, what is something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet best converting checkout up to 36 percent better compared to all other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to shopify magic your ai powered all-star shopify powers 10 percent of all e-commerce in the u.s and shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, rothy's and brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries plus shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash greenie all lowercase go to shopify.com slash greenie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash greenie this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. we all carry around different stressors i do you do we all do big small and when we keep them bottled up as i sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. The trivia question is this. The, the, the metro area of Atlanta, which has teams in all the different sports, went 88 seasons, if you add up all of the sports, between championships. you got to go back to the 95 Braves for the last time they won. They haven't won in any other sport since then. 
And so you said there are three cities or metropolitan areas Mm -hmm. that have had longer stretches than that, meaning more games or more seasons, which says that the number of teams you have in the town factors heavily Mm -hmm. into this. Very much so. So a lot of people might be inclined to think New York because we have more teams here than anybody else, particularly if you include, well, now you would have to include the Devils, and, and for the longest time there, they were in New Jersey. Uh, but, but New York, the, the, the most recent championship would be the Giants. I'm going to say that New York is not one of them. So here I have two guesses, and then Nuno and Bubba, you're going to help me fill in the third. I'm going to guess that one of them is Minneapolis. Minneapolis is correct. Oh, okay, yeah, that was my guess. I like it. Their active drought is 110 seasons. Their last champion, the 1991 Twins. Okay, that's what we I thought. We were debating that one. That's a I good feel one. good about good that pull. one. All right, what's next? This one makes me very nervous. Okay. I'm going to say, I think they call it North Texas, but Dallas, the metro area of Dallas. No. That is incorrect. Oh, damn it. <laughs> w- which one am I forgetting? The Mavericks. Back, but that was 2011. Right, but that's still not. I mean, we're talking about 88 seasons here for the for Atlanta. I mean, that's not. But they have four teams times. However, okay, that's not enough seasons. It's 10 times four. That's 44. Uh-huh. Okay, you're right. I was. I thought of the Mavericks, and I thought that okay. seemed like a long time mm-hmm. ago. Not long enough. Because the same de- de- length of time as the as the New York one. All right, damn it, guys. What have you got? So I think the New York one works because they have enough teams. And the last team to win was, and I see that smirk on uh, Hembo's face, and the last team to win was the Giants in 2011. And you have eight teams. You've had 10 years that it just seems like New York. Is it New York? It is not. So, Nuno, it's a good guess because New York's number right now is 87. (laughs) Right behind the break. They're one season. So by the end of this year, they'll be number one unless Brooklyn wins the championship. Or the Knicks, I guess. That's right. Okay, fair enough. So so they were fifth on the list. Is there one more, uh, Bubba, that we don't have? We only got Uh, one right so ones. The other ones we thought of were Buffalo or or San Diego. Both San Diego and Buffalo are correct. Oh, yes, boys. Wow. That's well done. Wow. So, yeah, so San Diego, 116 seasons, their last championship, the Chargers in 1963, Buffalo's last championship, the 1965 Bills, their number is 113. That is incredible. All right, that's really well good. Well done. That's well done. I like the trivia. I hope everyone enjoys that as much as I do. No Googling, uh, and that's a good question. We'll do some more of it a little later. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Insurance is proud to support veterans with its annual Keys to Progress vehicle giveaway program. Now celebrating nine years of donating vehicles, helping veterans in need. Learn more at keystoprogress.com. Okay. The Scoop. We got a bunch of stories today that I want to get into. We got to talk about Odell's dad and Baker's wife. So it was President Abraham Lincoln who in June of 1858 famously said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. A hundred and whatever this is years later. This is happening in Cleveland, okay? Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham may now have entered a place where they cannot coexist. So you've got, we talked about this yesterday on the air, on this show, because it happened while we were on the show. Odell Beckham Jr.'s father found or was sent or somehow became aware of an 11-minute YouTube video that showed a whole bunch of plays, 11 minutes worth of plays, that showed either Odell being open and Baker Mayfield not throwing him the ball or Odell being open and Baker throwing him an inaccurate pass. And the dad posts this. 
on the day of the trade deadline. Parenthetically, LeBron later uh, tweets, free OBJ, (laughs) which is fascinating to me because he's a Cowboy fan, but whatever. And then I get get a, a note from Nuno that says that Baker Mayfield's wife is on social media liking all kinds of different posts that defend Baker and criticize his teammates. So we have gotten ourselves into a terrible place here in Cleveland, and I don't know if this is one they're going to be able to get out of because it's one thing for those guys not to have chemistry. It's an entirely other thing for them to have beef. I told you yesterday the description of chemistry. Right now, when you have Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham on your team and they have no chemistry, what they are is Baker plus Odell. They are a sum total. When you have chemistry, if they had chemistry, they would be Baker times Odell. They would be greater than the sum of their parts. That's what chemistry is. What you have now might very well be diminished Baker and Odell based on this and the impact it can have on the rest of the locker room and the rest of the team. Like, I I can't personally fathom how uncomfortable that has got to be today I have to believe that Odell believed yesterday he was going to get himself traded. That his dad post that thing, LeBron post that thing. I, I for n- Not for one second do I believe that Odell was unaware those things were going to happen. I'm not sure what he'll say about it today, but whatever. I believe that he was trying to get himself traded. And what we're told by our insiders, Kmart this morning and everything else, is that um, there were no takers that no one was interested in giving up anything for him and primarily his contract. That's got to be a pretty tough pill to swallow if you're Odell Beckham Jr. But even worse now is that he has done everything a person can do to get himself traded and then wasn't. So now what happens? So the Browns, who are still very much in the thick of things, like they're, they're, they're in it and in, in a conference where seven teams are going to make the playoffs and even in the division race, they've got a chance, they've got a, a good chance of making the playoffs. They need to figure this thing out and fast. So Bubba, many people may not know this, but Bubba, before his career here in uh, radio production, Bubba was actually did many years as a marriage counselor and a couples therapy and all that kind of thing. He has several advanced degrees in that area. Is it a a PhD you have in that or just a master's that you have? Uh, One of each. You have one of each. He has a PhD. (laughs) He has a PhD and a master's in couples therapy. So if, if, if you were to have the two of them in a room right now, if Baker and Odell were to come in there today, Bubba, what would you say to them? What I would do is I would get a facsimile of the Lombardi trophy, mm-hmm. place it in between them and say, listen, boys, all that other stuff, not important. Catching a pass here, dropping a pass here, missing that here, what your dad tweets there, all that stuff, that's not important. What's important, boys, is you winning this we got to come together and win this. Don't worry about the outside noise. Don't worry about who's having the better game. We're in this together to win this and become immortals. I love it. That's actually very well done. That's a good speech. That would actually, that actually might work. In relationship goals, you're actually having them visualize the goal of their relationship. They can actually see it and imagine what it is they want to do. They want to hoist the Lombardi at the end, which neither of them has ever done. Okay, so I like it. So uh, do I think that works? No, because I think this is a disaster and I don't think it gets better. And I don't think 
This season is salvageable. I told you yesterday, Baker Mayfield blew this whole season by trying to make a tackle and getting blown up in week two. He's not going to be healthy the rest of the year, and they can't win anything without him being healthy. So it was all over then. Uh, And now the relationship, I think, has gotten to a point where they're going to have to move Odell after the season. I don't think there's any way in the world that Beckham is back there next year. And where he winds up, I don't know. We understand the Saints, who now have lost Michael Thomas for the season, were in it yesterday, at least inquiring about the possibility of bringing him in there. Uh, But we will see. It does not sound like that is the likelihood. Or at least it's not going to happen. This They're not going to cut him. So he's not going anywhere the rest of this season. So that is just an unadulterated mess and disaster in Cleveland. And I don't think it gets better before it gets worse. Next. The Scoop. Yesterday, the college football playoff rankings came out for the first time. And I'm fascinated by these. And I really wanted to see the statement that would be set regarding Cincinnati. Because at the end of the day, this was all about them. I asked Paul Feinbaum on Get Up yesterday morning, what is tonight about? And he said, well, you know, it's election day. For tonight, it is Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Cincinnati in college football. And they put Cincinnati sixth. And Cincinnati has no chance to go up. They have no strength of schedule to play against. They've beaten Notre Dame. That will remain by far the best team they play all year long. Their strength of schedule, which is now 100th in the country, is going to get worse, not better. They have no path. Would you agree with me, Hembo? The number of things that would have to happen in order for them to get in at this point, I don't even think they can happen. The number of teams that would have to lose multiple games may not even have enough games remaining to do it. Cincinnati has zero chance. Do you agree with that? Yes, I think in order for them to get in, you would need to see something biblical happen. They would need to be... Like a bunch of things that are unlikely. We're talking about a point something percent chance. Yeah. And and I'm going to bring Paul Feinbaum in on this in our next hour because I'm interested in this. And, And I think there's a parallel to be made with college basketball, which is we always talk about the NCAA tournament and we always say one of the beauties of it, the charms of it, is you get to see these smaller schools, these smaller teams from these smaller conferences out there with their chance to be David against Goliath and all that kind of stuff. And, of course, it's much easier to do that when you have 64 or now 68 teams in a tournament rather than four teams in a playoff. But I I do think it is interesting. Would you want to see Cincinnati in this thing? Do you want to see them out there? And the one argument I would make against, like, Cincinnati would crushed by Alabama. Okay, I'm sure that's true. But everybody gets crushed by Alabama. Like, so last year we watched Notre Dame and someone else. Who would they play? Uh, Clemson? No, who would they play in the first game? Whoever they played in the first game. Alabama killed everybody, right? Go, pull that up real quick. What were the scores of their two games in the playoffs? The, well, they beat Notre Dame, and then they won the, the national championship. And then they beat Ohio State. State. How, how, were those games – how close was the closer one? <laughs> Stand by. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we see that anyway. So we're the buildup of Ohio State, we think they have a chance, but in the end, Alabama kills everybody anyway. Yeah, they beat Notre Dame by 17, and they beat Ohio State by 28 points. Okay, so if they're going to win by three or four touchdowns, <laughs> then at least the, maybe we should let the little guy in there and let them get beat by three or four touchdowns. I mean, it, it's not the, the difference, the, the idea that, well, I, I wouldn't give them a chance against Alabama. I don't give anybody a chance right. against Alabama, so I'm not sure that's the way we should be looking at it. Either way, we'll bring Feinbaum in on this a little bit later with more rankings reaction, which is brought to you by Wendy's. Right now at Wendy's, try their brand new fries for yourself with fries that are guaranteed to be hot and crispy or they'll replace them at participating U.S. Wendy's. And then one more. The Scoop. Joe Judge versus the headsets is not going away. So Joe Judge yesterday had this rambling explanation after his team called two unnecessary timeouts in their loss Monday night 
in a one-score game, a three-point loss to Kansas City, suggesting that there was something wrong with the headsets and all the rest of that. The NFL yesterday announced the NFL said they have, have not identified any headset issues from Monday night. And I saw Judge say he's not talking about it anymore. Perhaps that's because his original soundbite was this 26-second rambling, completely incoherent explanation of what was going on. The headsets are going out. No, we're having headset issues. This happened in every game so far. So we deal with the league, and they keep telling us there's different software updates or whatever it is. But we had to call two timeouts today because we're trying to send the deals in personnel-wise, and you got half the headsets aren't getting a reception. So that, that's the issue right there. So we're trying to make sure we're in the right call. There were some other times we just didn't like the look. We want to make sure we settled down on. But the other one's talking about with the substitution deals right there. Yeah, it's breakdowns, and we have to make sure the hardware is working. So whatever the issue with that is, you know, people involved with that better get it fixed fast. What the hell is he talking about? Like, I, what account for me the number of things he just said in that, right? I mean, you were you going over it this morning in the office. Yeah, so he, he has now conflated hardware and software. Right. He's updating their software mid-game, by the way. <laughs> Unlikely. Just, just software. You know what? Apple tells me I need to update my phone right now, second and nine. I mean, that's just not <laughs> no the way chance, these things right? are going to go. Right. There's so also Very no, unlikely it was a software update. And there's also go ahead. no chance that he knows the difference between software and hardware based upon the explanation. Right? I agree. That, okay. that, that, those 26 seconds are enough for me to say he does not know the difference between software and hardware. And did he go ahead. also... Did he also like <laughs> make a soft threaten of NFL officials? Like you need to get this fixed fast, right? Like is, is, is he wielding clout? Is he is he? What, I don't know. What was, is he, he was he saying that his staff needs to get it fixed fast, no, or the NFL he, needs to get it fixed the, fast? He was blaming the NFL. That's that's how I understood that it. That right? this has happened now. Every they game. played eight games in five different stadiums, and it's happened in all of them. <laughs> so I, you know, Nuno again, our giant fan in house in residence here, our vice president of Giants analysis. <laughs> What is your reaction to this? Every company has a helpline. Dude, pick up the phone, call the helpline, and be like, this keeps happening. It's just so, again, missteps, right? We've, we keep seeing it. Joe Judge is having these missteps, missteps two years into this. You know, Robert Sala has had it in, a, you know, in his first year. Things aren't as difficult as they are. Stop me. And then yesterday he's like, "Oh, I'm not making excuses." Uh, when he was asked about, "Hey, the NFL has come out and said, uh, you know, this is what you know. No one's there's no issue, or we're not finding an issue." And he's like, uh, "It wasn't. I'm not making excuses." Let me play it. Let me play. Uh, yeah, it. Go ahead. Play. He, he responded to that. Here we go. Let's just clear it up real simple. Then we talk, with, we talk with the league. They're looking into resolving the issues that we've had throughout the year. Uh, we'll talk continuously with them. Uh, look, that being said, look, I made it very clear last night. I'm not an excuse maker. I was asked a direct question in terms of, you know, why are we using timeout certain situations? And that's the reason right there. So that's all I'm going to say about the headsets right there. That's all he's going to say. Let it be, let me make one more time clear. The NFL said they have not identified any headset issues from Monday night. Nuno, go ahead. <laughs> Isn't the protocol, because we've seen it with New England, when the headphones go out, the headset, there's an issue, like the refs, you'll know because the refs tell the other team to stop using their headsets like dude just get your team prepared like just i'm disgusted i can't anymore (laughs) i i i feel your pain this this is a weird story this is what we call a user error there is no chance this is not on right now the giants are like struggling with things that teams figured out in the 90s right like like, right we're not talking about like like, headsets right we're not we're not sending someone to mars this is 
<laughs> radio communication. Right. This That's is exactly very right. Basic stuff. Yes. It's not like when I was a kid, and you're too young for this, but there were these walkie talkies we used to play with when I was a kid. My friends and I was always fun. And we liked to see how far apart we could get before they would stop working. That like, sounds fun. This feels like that. That, like, that's, this yes, feels exactly. like that. Like, uh-huh. like, like there, there feels Stand like their the understanding of this technology <laughs> is about the equivalent of what our understanding was of that. Software, hardware. Right, Nuno? And, yes, and just real quick, and then another thing to add to it, the Giants are dealing with a COVID issue right now. Uh, at poor Jordan Renan, the Giants had 13 positive tests yesterday. Oh, there, are no. play, there are players included. Only running back coach Burton Burns tested positive. When the thir- so they had a bunch of false negatives. So right now it looks like only the running backs coach. Uh, so but they're in protocols at this time. Mm. All right, we got to we got to get to the bottom of that as well. That's obviously important. Okay, so that's where we stand with a bunch of that stuff coming up next. Someone that I know reasonably well is really upset, and I think he has every right to be. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. But I told you that someone that I know reasonably well, not very well, is upset and I think has a right to be, and that is Scottie Pippen. And we've talked about this before on this show. Scottie Pippen has a book coming out. Uh, I believe it comes out next week, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, he is going to sound off on some things. I'll tell you exactly when it's coming out. The book is called Unguarded, and it comes out November 9th, so next week. And when The Last Dance was airing on ESPN at the height of the pandemic, the beginning of last summer, my reaction as one who was around those teams as much as I was, it immediately was, I loved the films like everyone else did. They were spectacular. But there's no question They were Michael Jordan's telling of the events. They were his version of what happened um, all through that championship run. And I I know that I made the the remark on uh, TV at that time because I wasn't doing the radio show yet at that time. If I were Scottie Pippen, I would have been very put off Mm. by the way I was portrayed in that because they made a point of pointing out a lot of the negative stuff that Scottie was involved in and, in my view, not nearly enough of the positive. 
Look, the way they depicted Jerry Krause, there were any number of things in that I did not like. I, I, I Candidly, I thought were wrong. They were Michael's telling of it, and if it's his film, he's entitled to do it. But I thought they were wrong. Well, Scottie Pippen is as upset as I thought he'd be. So people have gotten a hold of some of the snippets from the book. And here's a little bit of what he has said. He said in the second episode, which focused for a while on my difficult upbringing and unlikely path to the NBA, the narrative returned to MJ and his determination to win. I was nothing more than a prop. His best teammate of all time, he called me. He couldn't have been more condescending if he tried. Each episode was the same. Michael on a pedestal. His teammates secondary, smaller. The message no different from when he referred to us as his supporting cast. From one season to the next, we received little or no credit when he won, but the bulk of the criticism when we lost. That's just a little taste of what is going to be in this book. And the statement that I made about this, we talked about this a few months ago. I forget what uh, spurred that, but I'm going to say something very similar which is it makes me very sad as one who was around that team and got so much joy, A, from watching them, and B, who got so much from the experience. Like, there's no way in hell I am where I am today if it hadn't been for the Bulls of the 90s. Just no way. It makes me very sad that the person who was the second most important person in that whole thing, that's one of the great dynasties in the history of American sports, six championships in eight years, Go back over the history of American sports, you will find very few examples of that. The Celtics, maybe the Yankees did it. That's it. I mean, this is, this is one of the truly great dynasties of all time. And the fact that the person who was the second most important factor in it seems to remember it with such bitterness. He seems to take such little pleasure and joy in it. He seems to feel aggrieved. He seems to have harbor this resentment towards Michael and maybe others. And Scotty felt, and it was this part of it was on display in the films, uh, Scotty felt as though the organization did not treat him well in a variety of different ways, primarily financially at different times, and he was frustrated by that and all the rest of it. Scotty was not perfect. He certainly made his share of mistakes, and you saw all of them in Last Dance, and I think that's what he's upset about now. But he also was integral I mean, integral. They don't win any of those championships without him. Hmm. The only four constants in all of them, unless you count the owner, Jerry Reinzo, for Jerry Krause, Phil Jackson, Michael Jordan, and Scottie Pippen. I think you have to say Pippen was the second most important one. Jordan will always obviously be the best one. Jordan's the greatest player ever. But I believe my personal opinion is that Scottie is remembered appropriately. I think people do remember him as a great player. As an integral piece of six champions, he was a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's top 50, top 75, all that stuff. So I don't think he's underappreciated historically, but he obviously does. He obviously feels shortchanged for the role he played, the integral, critical, brilliant role he played in what is the greatest dynasty in recent American sports history. And, and that just, it, honestly, it makes me sad. And I, I don't know Scotty well, but I know him well enough to say it. Any, 
I would like to think that if I had been in the position that he was, I would be so grateful and delighted and thrilled. And I mean, he is celebrated everywhere he goes for those accomplishments. The fact that he does not seem to remember them with joy, I do find it sad. It makes me feel bad. And I hope he finds, forgetting anything else, I hope he finds a place inside of him that feels as good about what happened as he should. Buster Only will join us live next on the World Series ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.